lights, camera, action. I'm Graydon, and I am your guide through the deep dive in the world of movies right here on the Director's Scope, exclusively on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Check out the description below for more ways you can follow us. Follow our website at bloodlinenetwork.com. Follow us on Instagram at Bloodline Network. All that stuff is down below. Twitter, Twitch. We do some awesome streams of gaming, awesome content on wrestling, sports, fantasy football, fantasy baseball. Check us out down in the description below. And while you're at it, check me out, The Bin Buster, on my YouTube channel and all my social medias as well. So, and don't forget to hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and hit the bell notification for more videos and more content from all of us right here at the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Without further ado, let's dive in. Today, we're talking, as you guys can see down below, we're talking the new Transformers Rise of the Beast movie. This movie takes place, I'll, I'll get to that in a moment as we go through our timeline, but this movie takes place in 1994, so this is before the Shia LaBeouf movies before the Mark Wahlberg movies, before the John Cena movie. So that's where this takes place. Well, I'll get through the timeline, and as always, I'll give you my thoughts, my reviews, and what I think of this movie. I'm also going to go one step further this week and give you my thoughts of this versus Beast Wars. Pretty much, this movie is based off of that cartoon show. So let's dive in. All right, first of all, like I said, we're talking the timeline right here. So the first movie in our timeline is 2018's Bumblebee. This movie, chronologically, is a prequel. Uh, Bumblebee is a prequel. Stars Haley Steinfeld as Charlie, who you might know as Gwen, as um, Spider Gwen from the new Spider Man anime movie that's out there. A teen running from the death of her father, who discovers an Autobot, Bumblebee, hiding on Earth. Even though the film was eventually declared a reboot of the franchise, it still takes place before everything else, back in 1987. Giving fans, actual Transformers fans, the decade these giants were robots first made their appearance. Yes, the G1, the first animated show, took place in 1987. It debuted in 1987. So that's a good homage right there. Whereas this one, Transformers Rest of the Beast, is next chronologically. Built as the sequel follow-up to Bumblebee. Again, if we're treating all this as a rebooted timeline. Yes, the original Transformers movies we had, all five of them, are technically a rebooted franchise. This is technically the reboot of this franchise. If you treat it as such, if not, these are prequels of sorts. Transformers Rise of the Beast is set to take place in 1994 and involve a pair of archaeologists from Brooklyn who come into an ancient conflict through an adventure that ties in with three factions of Transformers. The Terracons, the Predacons, and the Maximals. Yes, the Maximals, the Predacons, and the Terracons. Rise of the Beast is the first Transformers live-action movie to be inspired by the Beast Wars cartoon. Anthony Ramos and Dominic Fishback are set are star with Peter Collin voicing Optimus Prime and Ron Perlman as Optimus Primal. I don't know about you guys, but that's a huge casting thing right there. That's the perfect casting for this voice of Optimus Primal because Peter Collin is the voice of Optimus Prime, has been for decades. He was also the voice of Optimus Primal in the Beast Wars cartoon show. So without the actual voice, they had to get someone close. And Ron Perlman knocks it out of the park with that voice. Good job there. And I also got to say this before I continue on. Pete Davidson is amazing doing the voice of Mirage in this movie. Amazing. But anyways, I digress. The third one in this in this timeline is Transformers. So the first movie that we know of, the first live-action Transformers movie that actually came out, is the one we know. 
of that's the third in this franchise if you count this as these two like i said bumblebee and rise of beast are prequels or if these rebooted timeline if you if these rebooted timeline then these ones are not part of this timeline but if you count those two bumblebee and this movie i'm talking about tonight as a prequel sorts then these ones fall into that line so it's kind of convoluted here's the timeline either it sits like this or the ones i'm talking about now kind of veer off kind of like this and form their own path all right so kind of like that so take that with what you guys think it should be and we'll discuss it from there so here we go transformers the massive movie that started all michael bay's transformers bought the autobots versus decepticon war to earth in a wicked way putting shia labeouf sam megan fox's Mikila and the United States Armed Forces in the middle of an ancient galactic conflict that traces all the way back to the Transformers' home planet of Cybertron for the first time. The Transformers fans joined, got to see favorites Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, Jazz, Megatron, St and Starscream, and more interact with the human stars and battle through, a real, and through real explosions. The next one, number four, Revenge of the Fallen. The franchise's first sequel, so number two in, that, in the original five movies. Revenge of the Fallen brought back Shia LaBeouf, Megan Fox, Josh Dumont, and Tyrese Gibson, while introducing Tony Todd as the Fallen, Megatron's master and founder of the Decepticons. Yes, we got the Fallen in here. It, like I said, there he was master. He was Megatron's master and founder of the Decepticons. Oh, and voicing Tony Todd. If you guys don't know who Tony Todd is, he's Candyman. That voice is just oh, that voice is kind of iconic and a good one for this role. As the Autobots work with a secret military organization to try and make home for themselves on Earth, the Fallen return to wreak havoc, calling on the Constructicons to come by and form a gigantic foe devastator. Yes, we got the Constructicons in this movie. So we're so the original franchise actually branched out and gave us more of the Transformers. But then we get number five, uh, the fifth movie in this timeline, Dark of the Moon. Megan Fox was out, and Rose Huntington Whitley was in. Shia LaBeouf's girlfriend in Michael Bay's third installment flick. So we're, so these would actually take place one right after the other. The Dark of the Moon, which is not a pink, which is a Pink Floyd song, but here it's a Transformers movie, which operated under the premise that America's space program was developed to investigate a crash on the moon, the site of a downed spacecraft, the Ark, from Cybertron. A new evil plot involving Decepticons and the previous Autobot leader, Sentinel Prime, voiced by Leonard Nimoy in one of his last roles, is hatched. Leonard Nimoy in one of his last roles is hatched and once again up to Optimus Prime and his team to save the day and stop Cybertron himself from being worm wormholed into our own solar system. That's an interesting point word, wormholed into our own solar system. I'll get back to that in my review of this movie. In just a little bit. The next was Age of Extinction. Transformers Age of Extinction from 2014. Mark Wahlberg joins the franchise in Age of Extinction as K. K. Dieger, the father and struggling inventor swept up in the latest feud between Autobots and Decepticons. Dinobots were introduced for the first time. Dinobots, which would have made more sense in Beast Wars or this Rise of the Beast movie than here. But I digress. We get Dinobots. As well, there's a reincarnation of Megatron, known as Galvatron. So now we have Megatron coming into his ultimate form of being Galvatron, which is awesome. K. 
Caden's daughter helped Optimus Prime protect Earth from both the ancient and powerful menace and a new shadowy group determined to conquer the world. I'm if you've seen the movie, you know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to dive into that shadowy group right here. The last night, Transformers: The Last Night. So Mark Wahlberg returned from Age of Extinction and joined Josh Hamel, John Turturro, and Glenn Morshauer, who all came back from the first three movies. A brainwashed Optimus Prime, renamed Nemesis Prime, was sent back to Earth to retrieve Merlin's staff, which could absorb Earth's energy and restore Cybertron. So the energy of Earth could restore Cybertron, so it becomes so somehow the staff transforms our energy into energon for the Transformers to. Restore Cybertron. Oh, and who better to join the saga in this final Bay Home installment than Sir Anthony Hopkins himself? That's right. We even got Oscar Award winner Anthony Sir Anthony Hopkins in a franchise like this, too. But that's the timeline. So, like I said, you can either view as Bumblebee and Rise of the Beast as a rebooted franchise, or these are prequels. Whichever way you guys want, you guys can argue about that in the comments. Or we, I can argue with this on on Twitter, too. After I'm done here, I'm going to post, probably tomorrow, I'm going to post. So what did you think? Do you think this is a prequel, or do you think this is an alternate reboot timeline? I'll post that up on Twitter, and I'll see what everyone else thinks here. So without further ado, let's get into the synopsis of Rise of the Beasts. Optimus Prime and the Autobots take on their biggest challenge yet when a new threat capable of destroying the entire planet emerges. Unicron. <laughs> For those of you who are Transformers fans, you guys know who Unicron is, and you guys should be excited about this movie. They must team up with a, with a powerful faction of Transformers, those are known as the Maximals, to save Earth. So that is our synopsis. I got that right off of IMDb, and that's the synopsis there. So now we're going to go into my review of this. This movie, I gotta say, is a solid Transformers movie. It has some good stuff, some bad stuff in it, but what movie doesn't? Um, like I said, it's a solid Transformers movie. From start to finish, it's a good movie. Good enough to warrant you guys watching it. Good enough movie to actually make you think, huh, it's as good as the first one, but not as good as these ones. Huh. So it's right there, right in the middle. It's a solid Transformers movie. You get a bunch of robot action in here and a bunch of different things that I'm going to dive into here in a moment. But like I said, I want to just start off with, with first, it was a solid Transformers movie. So I'm going to do this one a little bit differently. Since I have to talk, because I'm talking Beast Wars in this a little bit, I'm going to give you some goods and some bads. So the goods of this is that the human characters are great. Yes, we, again, are relying on human characters to tell a story about Transformers, about robots. But they're great. Why? Because Noah's, the main character, Noah, his brother is sick. He has no money, trying to find a job. He will try anything to save his brother's life because his brother is really sick. If this is a character who anyone can relate to with that aspect, trying to find a job, family relative is sick, trying to do your best job you can do as an older sibling or even as someone as a caregiver for you, someone who is sick this is very relatable so we have our and his this other the other female the lead female in here she's a very 
good character as well. She's very relatable. Like, no, she's one of Noah's friends, and they go on this adventure with the Transformers as well. So some other goods. The Transformers. We get Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, RC, and Mirage. So we only get four, which I think is a good balance in this movie of we get the leader, we get Bumblebee, who people know from the previous solo film and the other Transformers movies. We get Mirage and RC. So we get four of the four main Transformers in this movie, which is awesome. We also get the Maximals in here. So the Maximals are Optimus Prime, Cheetor, Razor, and Rhinox. Although Cheetor and Rhinox do not get enough screen time. I uh, this is this is something I'm going to talk about in the bad, but I'm going to mention it here. If you're going to call it Rise of the Beast, please use your beasts. Please use your beast characters a lot in the movie instead of just making them tertiary character or a side character or your third characters in this movie. Please, why, why? Because this might be the only movie that they get. Why are we doing this? The villains of this movie are the Terracons. So we, Terracons, we also have Scourge, Nightbird, Battletrap, and of course, Unicron. Oh, I'm so glad they decided to go this route. Because where else would you go with the Transformers after all the other five movies that we had? You have to go Unicron. And there's a reason why you have to go to Unicron. Because Unicron destroys Cybertron because he eats planets. He's a big, pretty much a big, huge planet transformer that eats planets because he takes their energy and their energy off those planets to feed himself. So he sends Scourge and, and other things like Scorpionox, Scorpion bots, Dinobots, stuff like that. He sends them to earth to try and get all the energy for him to destroy the earth. So that way he could come in and do it. So that's kind of brings in the MacGuffin that's in this movie. There's a key. The this trans-dimensional key that allows you to trans to go from one place to another is busted. So the Transformers have to go to Earth to find the other half to fix it. As they do this, they fail in their mission. Which I think is good and relatable. I'm sick and tired of superhero movies where all the heroes must always win. It's good to see the heroes fail every now and again. And I'm glad for this. Because the bad guys get the key. They go through everything, but still need the humans to activate the key in this like little human-sized cave where it all take where the code has to be entered in. Which is weird that they made it that these ancient transformers made it that way to stop Unicron. Why? Why? Why did you make it human-sized if you weren't going to use humans? I don't know. I don't know. Through this. The bad guys wanted to have Unicron eat the Earth. Through this, Unicron starts breaching because, like we said, there was a failure of the Transformers and the Autobots. Here, from getting the other half, and I'm still, I was stoked for that. To save Noah, there's a scene in here where Noah is about to die. Scourge has him in his hands, about to throws him down. Mirage saves him, and Mirage saves him by combining himself into an exosuit for Noah. Before you're like, oh, that never happened to Transformers, then you've never watched G1. The original Transformers cartoon show allows the Witwickies, Daniel Witwicky, to be able to create an exosuit 
to survive in the reaches of space to help battle the Decepticons, to help battle, to help save Earth from the evil that's out there. This is a great homage to, the gener- to G1. It makes diehard fans who makes diehard fans of this franchise happy now for this. To have humans transformer battle suits, to have these exo suits, which I think was missing from the other ones. If you go bring in the here, if you go bring in humans in all any way, shape, or form in this franchise, you need to somehow make them part of the action. Other than just running around being scared of these giant robots, you need them to be part of the action. And I'm not saying like with missiles, tanks, stuff like that. Putting no in this exosuit was an actual good move. Was an actual good move on the part of the director and the writers of this because not only does it pay homage to what has come before with the G1, the first thing we ever knew of Transformers, this also pays homage to the comic books where stuff like this happens all the time, too. So, I mean, you're combining several different mediums here the original movie, the G1 movie, and the comic book medium together in this film, and that just sparks for an amazing time. And another good thing, Michael Bay is gone, folks. He's not part of this movie anymore. Thank God. The action scenes are actually good in this movie. <laughs> but it's also very... Uh, if this was a, if these were humans doing this, this would be a very gory movie, but it's very brutal because the fights are... There's one where... um, Oh, who is it? I want to say Mirage. I, I forget which one it is. Oh, no. It's Optimus Primal. It's Primal. He takes off one of the Terracons Recce Balls that he has, and he just starts beating him with it. Bumblebee shows up, and um, Nighthawk is there, and he rips off her wing and stabs her with it, creating this huge explosion. Optimus severely destroys Scourge in the process. So, Optimus Prime, that is, not Primal. Prime. Beats Scourge in the process, and it's very brutal scenes. I'm glad for this. We finally get the robot-on-robot brutality we wanted to see in Transformers movies. And the sound, the action scenes are amazing, and the soundtrack is amazing. This is set in 1994, and we get like LL Cool J, we get a lot of hip hop music in here. I don't know about you, but 90s hip hop is actually pretty amazing. It was a good, very good soundtrack. I'm glad they had it in here. So now it's time kind of for my bads of this movie. Like I said, we needed the Maximals more. There's side character in here, but yet the humans are also side characters in here. Humans help and hurt this film. Like, the previous franchise, we see how much they hurt the film. But in here, it's just enough that it helps. Especially when we got the exoskeleton. There was just too much focus on human humans in this one. And not enough focus on the robots. You're coming into a Transformers movie to watch the Transformers. Not to watch real people in front of giant robots. You've come to see those giant robots. And more. So when they destroy the council, Unicron is sent back up into he's trapped where he is um, inside this dimensional field. He's trapped. Optimus Prime says, oh, he'll be back. And so then the Autobots and the Maximals decide they're going to join forces. They're going to live in peace. The Maximals are deciding whether or not they want to leave this Earth now or not because they've been here for a while. They just want to, they don't know if they want to find a new home or not. So we get that. The ending of this movie, I'm not going to go into 
the post-credit scene because I don't like spoiling those. But the end of this movie, right before the credit scene, it's all fair game. It's all fair game. Noah gets another job interview. This guy's here. He's talking about him. He somehow knows that Noah saved the world. Knows about Noah in the exosuit. Hmm. So he hands him this card, flips this little picture in the back, flips it, and walks through the portal, uh, walks through the door, and we see little machines back there. Not not like robots, but like all-terrain vehicles and stuff like this. And I'm like, that looks familiar. I'm like, I can't put my finger on it until Noah flips over the business card the guy gives him, and it says G.I. Joe. We're getting a G.I. Joe movie, folks. We're, there, it seems to be that they're rebooting that franchise by using Noah in here to do so. Like I'm saying, this is 1994, so the, the movies of the G.I. Joe have to, are further along, so you can reboot the entire franchise of G.I. Joe and start fresh. Does this mean that we're going to see the G.I. Joe is coming to uh, Transformers? I hope not, but there are some great comic crossovers where it works together, and with the idea of the exosuit, with how Mirage did with the exosuit, kind of makes a little sense how to bring that in. But with, if Noah's going to become one of the first recruits of the new G.I. Joe, I'm all for this. If you're going to reboot the G.I. Joe franchise, reboot it. Make it a lot better. And you can actually take Noah from this movie, place him over in G.I. Joe. You can place him over in G.I. Joe. But still, when the times come and the story calls for them and the Transformers to cross over, you have that human character right there. You don't have to have the same human character all throughout the entire franchise. He becomes a G.I. Joe and still probably in touch with the Transformers at this time because of his bonding with Mirage. So you just you have that connection. So he can come back in later installments and it would make perfect sense to how to... And he starts recruiting the G.I. Joe. That's how I think it's going to happen. Don't quote me on that. That's just my idea. It might happen. It may not happen. So now I'm going to get into the movie versus Beast Wars. Now, the TV show had these robots as the sense of the Autobots. The Maximals were the sense of the Autobots. However, here, the Maximals are an ancient race. They're like ancestors of them. So they're an ancient race. I am fine with that. That doesn't change anything to me. Same with the Predacons and Terracons. They were one group in the show, but here they work for Unicron, which makes sense, and it's kind of the same thing. Beast Wars was able to flush out these characters more. Yeah, it's a TV show. You're able to do that. But when you have two of your favorite fan-favorite characters of Cheetor and Rhinox in this movie and don't use it much, you're slapping the face of Beast Wars. Who cares about Optimus Primal? Uh, <laughs> RC, Mirage. Um, I wrote, where's those names? Let's see. Air Razor. She dies in the movie. Michelle Yeoh die, character dies in the movie. If Rhinox and Cheetor. Those are two fan favorites of the Beast Wars franchise. So why, why are you not doing more with them? Although there's a cool scene with um, the Bumblebee car and Cheetor. They're racing. That scene's amazing in the movie. I don't... It's actually a good one. So you guys have to watch that movie and never see that scene to figure out what I'm talking about. But does this, does this Beast Wars movie pay homage in the right ways to the Beast Wars TV show? It does. 
It does. The your characters that you know are from here, so I'm kind of glad they brought them in because I, when I first heard about this, I was very skeptical of how it was going to all work. But the storyline made sense of how you were bringing in the Maximals now, and it was it felt to me to be very good and a very good time. This is a good popcorn film, like I mean, a good action film where you can sit there and just eat popcorn and and, and have a good time. Like I said. It's Bumblebee was good. Um, Transformers one was good, and and two and three was good. So two, four, and five were blah. They were blah. So Bumblebee one and three were good. This was right in the middle of them, by storyline wise, everything how it was produced, how it was made, everything like that. The brutality of the fights brings it up a notch. Well, well I give this. Uh, it's a too sweet to be beat. I mean. I, I don't give it too sour unless it's like a three out of ten. So so like a five is gonna be mid. Eh, this is gonna be five, but it's too sweet can't be beat. If you're going to if you enjoy Transformers and enjoy action movies, go see this. You're gonna have a good time. I know I did. I know I did. I had a great time for this. And thanks for watching and diving. Oh, oh, oh it's a deep burn. Oh, it's so deep. Ah. In, deep into the world of movies with me, Graydon. And as always, check it out down below for everything for Bloodline Entertainment Network. Coming up next, we have Gaming with JD over in um, over on our Twitch. So check that out. We we do stuff on Twitch. We have stuff coming up on this channel daily. So hit that bell notification so you're notified when we drop new content. Also, if you're a fan of fantasy football, fantasy baseball, wrestling entertainment shows like this check us out on our on our website bloodlinenetwork.com we have articles there by amazing writers tim tim king does an amazing job putting all that together way to go tim check us out on all of our pla social media platforms as well all that stuff is down below and as well check out mine as well i'm great in the bin buster check out all my stuff down below and while you're there hit that subscribe button that bell notification hit that thumbs up so you're notified when we get more videos like this guys we want to say thank you to our fans out there who keep watching our stuff making our content making us want to do more content like this for you guys we appreciate you guys and have a good one i'm Graydon. until next time this has been until next time there's more to movies than what we see on screen i'll see you guys right I'll be your guide through the films and their history right here on the director's cut. Bye.